this podcast is dedicated to helping you find your trail to a happier, healthier you by discussing topics like self-improvement, business, health and beauty, and random thoughts about life from a Christian perspective. I'm your host, Tasha Johnson. In today's episode, we're going to discuss Make It Make Sense, Blue Collar versus White Collar Workers, The Great Resignation, and The Return to Office Plans. All right, so we have a lot to talk about in this episode, so let's go ahead and jump right in. One of the main reasons why I wanted to do this episode is because um, for those of you that are new to the Hustle and Faith podcast, um, I have a variety of different side hustles, but one of my favorite side hustles is to teach English online to adults overseas. So it's something that I've been doing for about eight or nine years, and um this topic regarding the great resignation came up and it's so interesting. A lot of my students who are professional folks that work overseas, but many of them were kind of confused as to the whole term. They had heard the terminology before. They weren't sure what exactly is the great resignation and why is it happening and all this good stuff. So um, one of the main reasons why I'm creating this episode is for them. So let's go ahead and get started. One of the things that I feel like before we can talk about the Great Resignation is to take a step back and look at the dynamics of blue-collar versus white-collar workers. And so I've noticed that throughout the years, there's been this growing division between blue-collar workers and white-collar workers. And that pretty much accelerated, in my opinion, to a brand new level (laughs) during the past two years. So in case you're not familiar with these terms, blue-collar workers are uh, folks that work in jobs that are typically manual or trade-related. They typically have on-the-job training, uh, usually through an uh, an apprenticeship or vocational school, and they get paid an hourly salary. Okay, so some examples would be uh, what retail, uh, lots of the positions in the restaurant industry, manufacturing, construction, food service, things of that nature. And then white collar workers typically work in an office or work from home, right? They typically receive some form of higher education. They get paid an annual salary based on a 40 hour work week. Some examples of these type of jobs would be you know, like uh, an accountant, uh, maybe working in market research, finance, typically those type of jobs, okay? Now, I am a firm believer that both types of workers, blue-collar and white-collar, are very, very important to our economy, okay? You cannot have a functioning economy without both types of these workers, Yet, many blue-collar workers don't get the respect that they should, okay? They simply do not get the respect that they should be receiving, okay? And in fact, it was kind of funny, like during the the pandemic, a lot of people were like, oh, the essential workers. And again, essential workers over here was considered uh, typically a lot of the blue-collar roles, okay? But again, and we're going to get into the great resignation, Okay. But I feel like I had to go back to explain why I feel like a lot of this is happening. So depending on where you went to high school, okay, 
I feel like you got not so subtle hints that you better get good grades or you'll end up being a blue collar worker. And the way that that message was conveyed was almost as if it was a last resort option, okay? Hey guys, you know, you better bring your grades up. You're not gonna be able to get into college and then blah, 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 okay? So there's this myth that I believe really does start in the schools, okay? That you can't make money learning a trade. And again, these are messages that are conveyed to children at an early age, and it's just not right, okay? And what's even more disturbing is that a lot of adults are still buying in to this mentality. You know, let's let's take the idiot uh, mayor of New York, Eric Adams, okay? He actually said this <laughs> in a press conference. I don't know if businesses are sharing with their employees, you are part of the ecosystem of this city. My low-skill workers, my cooks, my dishwashers, my messengers, my shoeshine people, those working at Dunkin' Donuts, they don't have the academic skills to sit in the corner office. They need this. We are in this together, and we should and we should be saying to ourselves, if I remotely do my job, then the stock clerk is not able to have the business he deserves. That's what I need us to understand. That whole paragraph that I just said <laughs> literally came out of the mayor of New York's mouth, which is so disturbing, okay? First of all, there's no such thing as a low-skilled worker, okay? Blue-collar workers possess a variety of talents and skills, and quite frankly, that many white-collar workers lack, okay? Let's start for starters, okay? Patience, consistency, determination. You have got to have some patience to deal with idiots on a daily basis who think that they're better than you, okay? But yet and still, you consistently <laughs> show up for work every day because quite frankly, you don't have the luxury of doing so because you don't have PTO. Many times in these jobs, you're not given PTO or the PTO is nothing to write home about, okay? And then last but not least, oftentimes in blue collar work, you have such a high turnover rate because you're stuck working in a toxic environment, okay? God gave us all, all a variety of talents. Every gift that he gives us is unique and every job is important. Here's an example. Did you know that one of the reasons for the current housing situation is because there aren't enough construction workers to meet the demand for housing? There actually needs to be approximately 740,000 new construction workers per year for the next three years in order to keep up with the demand, okay? Areas such as construction, retail, the list goes on, have all seen an increase in pay because they're finally getting recognized for the hard work that they do. However, my gut instinct says that I fear that this recognition may be coming a little too late because many of the industries that are seeing the most turnover right now due to the great resignation, and we'll get into that in a second, is due to a lot of them being blue-collar um, blue industries, okay? So that leads in to the Great Resignation. And what the Great Resignation is, is that throughout the past two years, um, let's say throughout the COVID years, if you will, um, 
you saw a lot of folks that were just not willing to put up with their current situation. And that's blue collar and white collar. Although a lot of the blue collar workers were having higher turnover, I believe, than the white collar. And again, guys, be sure to check out the Hustle and Faith website because I have, you know me, I've got statistics and different articles that um, are backing up what I have to say. So again, a lot of the blue collar workers were the folks that were leaving uh, the industry at a higher rate than the white collar workers. And one of the reasons why a lot of the blue collar workers were seeking different we're seeking different um, types of employment is because their roles lack the flexibility that they saw a lot of the white collar workers were getting to have, okay? Such as the ability to um, have more flexible hours, have the ability to work from home. And I'm well aware that there are certain positions that you're not able to do from home. You know, I'm, I'm well aware of that. But again, at least if they were shown some sort of flexibility, you know, I I may need to come in a little late, a little early, whatever. I've got childcare issues, whatever the case is. There is more flexibility to actually have more so of a life, if you will. And I'm using quotations when I say that because not every company in the blue collar industry is like that, but quite a few were. And that's why you saw some of the turnover. A lot of that fueled the great resignation. And so the great resignation, just to put it in layman's terms, is basically a lot of people (laughs) Uh, took the time during the, uh, you know, during the uh, the COVID years, and they started reevaluating their life, essentially. Okay, so a lot of blue collar and white collar workers were thinking to themselves, you know what, Uh, basically, I don't feel like I am getting the respect that I deserve. Uh, The pay is not here. You know, I, I have health concerns and, or whatnot. There was a whole litany of, of reasons. And so many people just quit. And I know for a fact that a lot of this stunned a lot of economists. And it's so funny because um, my background is, is in market research. So, you know, a lot of my clients were kind of like asking me different questions. And we had some really great discussions. But I really think it just boils down to, you know, I've seen some studies that have been done. And most recently, um, Pew Research did a a really good, very thorough survey. And I'll definitely leave that on the website as well. But I just kind of wanted to highlight some of the reasons why a lot of people were resigning. And many people decided to resign because they cited, and, and this is very interesting, because I've often felt this way, a lot of workers decided to look for a different position because they cited low pay as a reason for one of the reasons why they decided to leave their current company. Um, Others cited feeling disrespected at work as a reason. And I think uh, another reason that I think this one came in third, I'm doing this from memory. Another reason was childcare issues. Some other very noticeable, um, notable, I should say, some notable reasons why they also decided to resign. Relocation, poor benefits, lack of flexibility. Again, um, you know, some also highlighted differences in race, education, age. So there's a litany of, of reasons, okay? But the highest, low pay, all right? And then you've got feeling disrespected at work, all right? So let's take a look at those two because those two to me seem to be 
uh, something that companies could easily address if they really, really wanted to, okay? Especially the low pay. The low pay, if you really want people to work for you, you need to pay them, okay? I don't care what industry you're in. And I know a lot of the blue-collar workers, you can make decent money working in blue-collar uh, positions. I'm not saying that all of them low, are low-paying, but for some such as retail or, um, you know, food service, you know, perfect example is waitressing, you know, making 2 or $3 an hour and then hoping that the rest of your money to pay your bills can be made up with tips is just insane. It's kind of funny because, again, the folks that I talk to overseas, you know, they their their system is just so vastly different than ours. Like the waiters and waitresses actually make a living wage. And if you were to leave a tip, they would actually hunt you down and be like, why did you leave this? You left your money on the table. They are not accustomed <laughs> to receiving tips because they actually make a living. It is viewed as an actual position, unlike over here. So I I definitely understand why some folks feel the need, you know what, I, I got to move on to greener pastures. I totally get it. And then from a white collar perspective, you know, um, it, it's super interesting because, you know, as someone who's pretty much given up on the corporate world a long time ago, <laughs> one of the main reasons is because it's like, it seems like it's more who you know instead of what you know. So the folks that are great at office politics, the folks that are, you know, um, yeah, pretty much created office politics, don't necessarily have to balance out the fact that they know what they're actually doing in their job. You know, uh, you know, it, <laughs> kind of funny story. Like in the past, I've worked for people, you know, that I was reporting into that didn't know how to turn off the calculations in Excel. Let that sink in. <laughs> so, so companies could do a much better job if they wanted to by addressing the pay. OK, quite frankly, in my opinion, there's way too many greedy executives at the top of the food chain, if you will, that don't want to share that whole trickle down crap that you always hear people talk about. Oh, make sure the people at the top are, you know, we got to pay them more and it'll trickle down. No, it never trickles down, guys. It's it never has <laughs> the folks at the bottom. Middle management, those are the folks that are really, really oftentimes doing the heavy lifting, the hard work, and oftentimes are forgotten about when it comes time for promotions, when it comes time for increasing their salary, things of that nature, okay? And there really was no reason, especially from the white-collar perspective, not to promote employees or provide additional pay during this time, because we all know we were working from home. A good portion of white collar workers were working from home. So companies saved on real estate. They saved on electricity. They were saving money left and right. No one was traveling. Travel and expenses were, was down. So if you think about it, that's like savings right off the bat. Why not invest that money to your employees? Many times that was not the case. And so it, it's been kind of funny to see how these companies are like, I don't know what happened. How can we, why are people leaving? And it's like, okay, did we address the first two? Do we, are our workers being paid market rate? You know, look at what the market is paying. 
Okay, because I bet you your employees are. <laughs> so if, if you're not paying that much and you see that you're starting to have folks leave, look at the situation, look at what the market's paying. What are you asking folks to do? Um, and then if I were you, if you're not meeting those, then you need to make sure that you do what you need to do in order to address those concerns, because otherwise you're going to have a ton more people leave. And it's really ridiculous to expect the folks that are left to then do the job of two or three people. Like, that's not fair to them either. And trust me, those folks, they, they know exactly how many people's jobs they're doing, okay? <laughs> so they too will probably find themselves going out the door uh, to another company as well. So then we have the 57% that have cited feeling disrespected at work. And I feel like all of us at some point in time have felt that way. But again, this is one of the main reasons why I never, um, at this point in my life, put it that way, I do not tie my happiness to my job, okay? Now, don't get me wrong. I like my job. Who doesn't like being employed, right? <laughs> but my viewpoint is that this job funds my life. It is not my life. So my happiness is not tied to it. I could care less about the accolades. Now, don't get me wrong. I'll take the promotion. I'll take the raises because I know that I am a good worker. But I'm not going to put up with the office politics. Like, I'm not going to be in a position where I constantly am covering for other people and I'm doing two or three people's jobs and not getting the respect that I deserve or the raises or whatnot. If I ever saw myself in that position, adios. Like, <laughs> I'm out too. So a lot of companies need to really take those two things into consideration. I, I mean, those two things to me seem to be very easy, very easy to solve. And anyone who tells you otherwise just is not being, has no desire to really address the main issues at hand, okay? Which is part, and then another reason why we're seeing the great resignation, if you will, is because... Um, a lot of companies will not admit this, but they did not realize that not everyone and their mother had a desire to easily give up their right of what is injected inside of them. <laughs> so what I'm saying, guys, is a vaccine policy mandates. So regardless of whether you are for or against the vaccination policies that some companies have in place, you have to, uh, you have to admit that this has played a major role in the labor shortage, blue collar and white collar workers both have were either put on unpaid leave or were fired from their jobs because they refused to get the vaccine. And again, <laughs> I cannot laugh and say that I, I love the karma that this company, uh, United Airlines, is receiving because they were one of the first companies that decided to put in place a vaccination policy. And again, in case you're curious where I stand on that whole issue, I'm not going to get into it, but feel free to check out episode 161, Make It uh, Make it Make Sense, Sweet Home Chicago, episode 148, and episode 151 for further, you know, for further uh, details on my view regarding that. So I'm not going to get into that in this episode. But again, a lot of these folks were put on, uh, it, for United put a lot of these folks on unpaid leave, okay, or fired them. 
basically. If you ask me, you might as well have said you fired them because putting them on unpaid leave uh, indefinitely, (laughs) what were you thinking? So anyway, literally, um, and another reason why this didn't make any sense, again, I'm not a fan of the, the mandates, the policies. It's ridiculous. Both vaccinated and unvaccinated can spread and catch COVID. So what you really accomplished with a policy like that is beyond me, but whatever, to each its own. Again, check out the other episodes for further details. But the irony of the situation with United Airlines is that literally, I I think it was the other day, United Airlines announced, and I know this had to hurt their soul, that they are going to allow the like close to 2,200 employees that were unvaccinated who had received exemptions from their company's uh, vaccine mandate for medical or religious reasons to return to work on March 28th. So United, you know, basically tossed these people aside and now they're getting ready to welcome them with open arms (laughs) on March 28th. So again, um, it's crazy to me that you know, a lot of these companies lost loyal employees because they had stupid policies in place that clearly were not based on science. I'm just going to put it out there and not based on science. A lot of this was about control. OK, I'm not again, not going to go into <laughs> a ton of detail, but check out the other episodes. But so many companies think about that lost amazing employees because of this stupid, stupid policy situation when they obviously saw that the vaccine, and I'm using quotes when I say that, um, really wasn't doing anything different. I mean, <laughs> it really wasn't doing anything different. All right. So now they're welcoming these folks back with open arms. And let's just be honest. I, I truly hope uh, my gut says that most of these people have probably left the industry, found better jobs somewhere else. And so United's still going to be, you know, short uh, a variety of workers. And by the way, the irony of this uh, situation of welcoming these unvaccinated workers with open arms <laughs> uh, literally came on the same day that a judge stated that the folks that were suing them could proceed with suing them. So basically, United, in order to avoid being sued, basically said, we're going to open our arms to you guys and let you guys come back to work. So again, not because they were doing so out of the kindness of their own heart. It's basically because they probably knew that they were going to be sued into oblivion and they were going to lose (laughs) because they acted prematurely. So Again, some of that plays into the situation as well. So that brings us to the return to office, okay? So I just discussed a lot of the reasons why employees have decided to leave, you know, their their current roles, again, due to low pay, uh, feeling disrespected, childcare issues. But now a lot of companies... Again, during the past two years, these are the exact same companies that have talked about, oh my goodness, you guys have been so productive, we're doing great, we're collaborating, we're doing all these different things. And now there's this push to return everyone back to the office. And a lot of companies are 
noticing <laughs> that a lot of their employees are not on board with coming back to the office, okay? And a lot has changed, quite frankly, within the past uh, two years. And I have to admit that was one of the best things that I think came from the pandemic was finally demonstrating to a lot of these companies that there is no reason why I needed to be in the office in the first place. Now, again, I was working from home before COVID. So I already knew that. But a lot of folks, um, I guess, a, a lot of folks probably also knew that, but they weren't in a position like I was to to kind of exercise that right, if you will, right? So a lot of... <laughs> A lot of employees do not want to go back to the office. Like, it is hilarious reading some of these comments. Like, oh, man. Like, some people have literally expressed, like, depression. They're like, I'm going to look for another job. And that's another thing. That's another reason why they're losing uh, the great resignations being fueled, because a lot of people love working remotely so much that they have no desire to go back to the office. executives are nearly three times more likely than non-executive employees to want to return to the office full time. And if you ask me, like this whole push for the office thing is really weird to me because why should I have to inconvenience myself because you bought a lot of real estate and you want to get use out of it? Because quite frankly, I see absolutely no reason (laughs) why you would ever need or want to go back to the office. And again, to each its own, I know there are a lot of people that do like going to the office. And when I say a lot, I mean, probably people in roles that are of executive level that enjoy going in. And again, my gut says this is a lot of kind of like feeding your ego, if you will. If you're one of those executives that really wants to get everyone back in the office, you need to really take a step back and figure out why. What are what are you getting out of seeing the folks in the office? And don't give me that collaboration crap, okay? Because for the past two years, clearly productivity has skyrocketed because folks were collaborating correctly. So you really can't use that as an excuse. So again, I'm just going to say it. I think a lot of the executives want folks back in the office to basically feed their egos and to justify why they have a job. Because think about it, people don't quit companies, they quit bad managers, okay? And many times these folks are micromanagers and they're really good at office politics. Quite frankly, I have thoroughly enjoyed working from home and I thrive working from home because I can just focus on doing my job. I don't have to deal with the office politics. I don't have to deal with the you know, random microaggressions that you get when you're in the corporate world. Um, It's just peaceful. You know, I can just focus on what I need to do. And here's the thing. We all work so we can go home and be with our families and do the things that we really want to do, right? If you're not working in a job that you consider to be your passion, if you will, and you're working in a job that funds your life, and I... I venture to say the majority of my audience is probably in that situation where you're not exactly in your dream role, but it's tolerable. It pays the bills and you can do what you need to do. Like why? I'm not I'm not going (laughs) to rock the boat from that standpoint, if you will. Okay, but I need to have that flexibility. Right. 
that's what people want. They want to be treated like an adult, okay? And going into an office, by the way, many times you're sitting in traffic for like two hours a day. I don't know about you guys, but if you live in the city, it's probably an hour, hour 15 minimum one way to get to where you need to go, okay? So why would I unnecessarily <laughs> make a commute that I didn't have to do? That makes no sense. I, and you're wasting money. You're wasting gas. My goodness, have you seen gas prices? I mean, seriously, like in California, it's like seven bucks a gallon. And you're asking me to go into the office unnecessarily just so I could sit there and make you feel better about yourself? Like, no. <laughs> like, and here's the thing. I don't mind going into the office every now and then, you know, if you don't have like a ridiculous vaccination policy or whatever. I have no problems going into the office every now and then. I don't mind visiting clients. But if you expect me to go into an office every day, <laughs> um, yeah, no, it, it, it's not happening because I already know that I am an adult and I know how to do my job from home. Um, it kills me that when I hear people talk about, oh, we need to get workers back into the back into the office so, you know, so they could support our, our city, like, I, mean, I think, what's his face, Joe Biden and the stupid mayor in New York, Eric Adams, both of them have made these comments, making it seem like people for the past two years have just been sitting at home doing nothing. No, we've been working. We've been working this entire time, proving that you never really had to go to the office to begin with. So a lot of people use the excuse about fitting into, oh, we need to go back to the office in order to maintain our culture. Here's the thing. If your employees are telling you that they're happy and they're satisfied and they're working from home, I'd say you accomplish your goal. Okay. Maybe your culture <laughs> is, you know, our employees would rather just focus on doing their job from their homes, right? Saving money, saving time. That's why most of us want to. Um, a lot of people want to go into their own business so they can be the boss of their own time and have that flexibility. If people can get that from the corporate world, I think you'd see a lot more happier people and people and not see so much of a shift in people leaving their jobs to go somewhere else. You know, you can create that culture, if you will, within your own company in a remote or hybrid fashion. It is possible. So again, it kills me when I hear people talking about, oh, we need to get Americans back to work to fill our great downtowns again. That's what Joe Biden said. And it's ridiculous. People have been working for the past two years, sir, and you work from home. You literally work from home. So <laughs> I don't think that man has probably ventured out for anything into the downtowns. Okay, so it, it cracks me up because a lot of people keep stating that, oh, we need um, folks to go back to the office. So we basically need folks to go back to the office again so we can make sure that we have enough money to fund our downtown. Well, that sounds like a personal problem, okay? Because if you're expecting folks to <laughs> inconvenience themselves so you have more money for the city, that's an issue, okay? You need to be more creative and come up with other ways to fund the city, okay? First of all, all of the money that we've already put into the city clearly is not being distributed correctly, okay? And I'm speaking from the point of view as someone who lives in Chicago, okay? 
many people, if they don't have a car, take the L. Okay, the L is what we call the train, the train system. Okay, so many people take the L. Um, the L has gotten kind of interesting <laughs> lately to ride. And to be quite honest, uh, if I didn't have a car, I would not be taking the L right now because it's not, uh, it, it isn't as safe as it used to be. I'll just leave it at that. And then not too long ago in New York, a woman was just sitting on the, the train platform and some person pushed feces, human feces in her face, okay? You might want to do something about the safety in cities, right? Before you start pe asking people to inconvenience themselves to go to an office that they don't need to go to and have, you know, and before they even get to that office to have a commute that may or may not end in some sort of <laughs> violence or some sort of, uh, you know, irritation that they didn't have to endure had they been able to work from home. So the main takeaway of this episode is to highlight the fact that blue collar and white collar jobs are equally important. And companies that fail to realize that fact are going to see themselves being a part of the great resignation. And in the event that you have decided that your company is going to go the route of forcing employees to return to the office, then that's another reason why you're going to find yourself being a part of the great resignation. But for those companies that are truly, truly, truly trying to take into consideration that they have amazing employees that they want to retain, then it's incredibly important that one, you realize that where that person works should not matter. What matters is, is that person getting the job done and am I doing everything in my power as a company to make them feel appreciated? Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. If you enjoy listening to Hustle and Faith and would like to support the show, please consider sharing it with your friends, rate or leave a review, donate, or make a purchase at Star and You Crew, our fitness apparel shop. Remember, if you're everything to everyone, the risk being no one. You never know who you will inspire. See you in the next episode.